The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. So as Jake said, we're going to be in John 15 this morning, verses 18 to 25. Um, this has been a, a good passage for me to study because as you can tell by the title, it says, don't expect everyone to like you. And um, I know for me, I want everybody to like me. And so this has been a good passage because almost contrary to what, or, or in a different way than Jake just shared, you know, that um, despite what somebody does to us, we respond to them with the love of Christ so they might see the love of Christ. The reality is, is despite that, some people are still not going to like you anyway. And um, that's hard for me. And that's why this passage has been really good for me to study. And, um, and I hope it will be for you too. One of the wonderful things as we've gone through the book of John and we've shared every time is that it's really, it's book for all of us. Uh, It doesn't matter uh, our upbringing. It doesn't matter where we've come from, if we've come from a family that believes or that hates God. Uh, It's a wonderful book because it's about a God who meets us right where we're we're at. He lived among us, so he understands us. And this book speaks right to us about a God that offers us incredible life, in his son Jesus. So uh, if you want to follow along with me, we're going to read uh, verses 18 to 25. And um, do you have the verses? I do. Okay. Thank you. See, I get them to them really late on Saturday night, so I'm never sure if they get them. (laughs) All right. So verse 18. You're going to see that in these seven verses, the word hate is used seven times. So just bear with me. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. This is Jesus speaking. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. It's a lot of hate, huh? Um, Let's pray. Father... As we look at these few verses, 
I pray that your Holy Spirit would just open our hearts, open our minds to see what you want us to see, to understand what you want us to understand, to be a people that really knows you and knows the incredible life that is in Jesus. Amen. Um, so this past election, I know we thought we were past it, has opened my eyes as never before to the reality of how much people hate. <laughs> right? I, um, I mean, simply because somebody was going to vote different than they were going to vote. They were going to vote for somebody that they didn't want them to, you know, I can understand upset <laughs> and this doesn't make sense, but hate. Um, one of the hardest things for me to understand is people hating people. Now, there's a lot of things I hate, so I'm going to tell you a few of them. <coughs> I hate snakes. <laughs> when we lived in the Philippines, I was so thankful that the, the one time a cobra was discovered in the woodpile outside our house was when we were on vacation. Um, I hate snakes. Um, I also hate when, I, when I, my wife and I go hiking and you're walking down a trail and I'm taller than she is, so I, I hate being the one to discover a spider web with my face. <laughs> yeah? You like that. That's weird. <laughs> I hate stepping into dog poop. <laughs> it's one of those things that I don't like. Um, I hate burning my tongue on hot coffee and hot tea. A lot of people. But I love coffee. You know, buy the coffee. Just wait till it cools down, okay? Uh, I hate, you know, when I'm watching a, a YouTube movie, And the movie ends like three minutes before it's over. Yeah, I hate that. Um, I hate the blue screen of death on my computer. I just bought a new computer. Because mine, like at least once a day, I got the blue screen of death. And I was becoming a really angry, bitter person. I hate getting charged the regular price when it's on sale, right? So there's a lot of things <clears throat> I hate. I can give you my rest of my list later if you want to know. But this is what I don't understand. I don't understand when someone hates someone because they're black <laughs> or because they're white or Hispanic or because they're gay or because they're Democrat or Republican or because they're a Muslim or because they're a Christian. The first thing that, one of the first things that came to my mind as I was looking at this passage and, and I've shared this before was the words of uh, a guy that was beaten by the L.A. Police. This was many years ago before 
probably half of you were born. 1992, Rodney King was his name. It was all over the television. And when the four policemen were acquitted who beat him, um, uh, riots occurred, uh, horrible riots. Uh, One of the things that helped bring those riots to an end was on April 29th, which happens to be my wife's birthday, um, 1992, was Rodney King appearing. And these are words that I think about all the time as as our world is so full of hatred. He said, uh, people, I just want to say, can we all get along? Can we all get along? I mean, it seems so simple, doesn't it? Can we all get along? Does there have to be the hatred? And this has gone through my mind so many times. If if I'm a nice guy, and 50% of the time I am, you know, but if I'm a nice guy and a, a, ni- a kind guy and, and I'm a loving guy, why aren't people kind and nice and loving to me? If I love everybody, won't everybody just love me? Unfortunately, as we're going to look in this passage, the answer is a resounding no. And that's why this sermon, there's three things I hope that that maybe rings with you, maybe at least one of them as, as we go through this passage, why this is such an important passage in Scripture. And, and to be honest, when I started studying this, I was I was thinking like, Good grief, what am I going to say? I mean, it's like all this hatred. And I mean, who wants to show up and and hear a message on, you know, being hated? Because it almost, what it can do, it can almost create a we-them mentality. Like, you know, we're the good guys, they're the bad guys, we love, they hate. What is it that we can get out of a message like this? And, And this is simply what I think can be really helpful for maybe people like me who want to live in a delusional world thinking that everybody can just like each other. And these are the three things. If we get this, the truth in this passage, number one, it will protect us from compromise. It'll protect us from compromise because it'll protect us from trying to live in a way to make everybody like us and maybe then compromise in order to get everybody to like us. It'll protect us from compromise. The second thing it could do is it could deliver us from deception, thinking or going through life thinking that somehow if I, if I just try harder or if I just get to know them better, that I can get everybody to like me. And it's delusional thinking. It's delusional thinking. The third thing if we really get these these verses, I think is that it will reveal to us how important Jesus is to us. Because we will realize that loving him is the most amazing thing, incredible thing, important thing. Irregardless if somebody doesn't love us or like us because of that, that Jesus is worth it. Okay, so 
the question I want you to think about as we begin this passage is, is your goal in life to be liked? Think about that, because I think that's often how I can go through life. I just want people to like me. Is your goal, even unconsciously, to go through life being liked? And this is what we're going to see in this passage, is that if you belong to Jesus, everyone will not like you. Okay? If you belong to Jesus, everyone will not like you. Emily, if we could... Look at the passage again. To get us going, there's going to be three things that we're going to look at. The first one is, and just before we start here in John 15, the first thing is, and if you're, if you're keeping notes, is that Jesus loved people, okay? That is one thing we see in the Gospels. And I'm just going to do a quick recap of the chapters that we've gone through in John so far, far which are amazing. I mean, just Jesus, and, and I think almost anybody Looking back in history that looks at the life of Jesus, they say, man, he is a guy that loved, that was just so full of kindness and compassion and mercy. John 2, Jesus rescued a wedding catastrophe by turning water into wine. I mean, he was a guy that just cared about people. I mean, a wedding that was falling apart because they ran out of wine and he turns water into wine. John chapter 4, Jesus offered living water at a well in the heat of the day to an immoral Samaritan woman that every other Jewish person thought was a dog. And he sits down beside her all alone, no one else around her rejecting her, and Jesus offers her living water. John 5, Jesus healed a man who had been an invalid for 38 years. John 6, when a crowd of 5,000 people were, had listened to him and were hungry and his disciples said, send them away. Jesus said, no, you, you feed them. And, and he fed them. John seven forty six. some guards that were sent to arrest Jesus, uh, they couldn't. And this is what they said to the religious leaders who had sent them. They said, no one ever spoke the way this man does. I mean, he just... He captured people by his compassion. John 8, Jesus showed mercy to a woman caught in the act of adultery. uh, Caught in the act of adultery and Jesus said, I don't condemn you, go and sin no more. When the religious leaders were crying out for her stoning. John 9, Jesus heals a man who was born blind. Thought he would never see. John 10, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And ultimately, that's what we see in in John chapter um, 10. And and as Jesus comes to the, goes to the cross, is that his love was so great that he laid down his life for us. John 11, 36, as Jesus stood over the grave grave of Lazarus, um, this friend of his who had died, it says, Jesus wept. And the people looked and said, wow, see how he loved him. He was a lover. John 12, Jesus said to his disciples who were ridiculing and condemning Mary because she'd broken this jar of uh, um, expensive perfume worth a year's wages and just dumped it on him out of her love for him. 
And they're saying, what a waste. Jesus says, leave her alone. <laughs> leave her alone. She did this out of her love for me, knowing I'm going to go to the cross for you. John 13, it says, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Despite one of them betraying him and one of them about ready to deny him, all of them abandoning him. It says, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And then one more in John 14, Jesus said, the one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. There's no question that Jesus was the epitome of a lover. I mean, he loved like none of us will ever love or could love. So full of kindness and compassion and mercy. He was called a friend of prostitutes and sinners. I mean, he he was a lover. And that's the first thing I want us to get as we enter into this passage is that no one, no one could or has ever loved like Jesus. He was a lover. And yet... As we come to John 15, the second thing is that irregardless of the fact that Jesus loved like no one else could love, he loved, and he loved everyone. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's the testimony as you read through the gospel of John and all the gospels. I mean, he just went through life loving people. But the second thing we see as we come to this passage, though, is irregardless of that, people hated Jesus, okay? This isn't because he didn't love. I mean, one of the problems is so often the reason people don't like someone who calls himself a Christian is because we can be uh, uh, jerks. We'll use that word, okay? I mean, we can be jerks. And so justifiably, somebody says, I hate Christians because some Christians can not be nice people full of arrogance and pride and self-righteousness. And, but Jesus, the incredible epitome of lover, people hated Jesus. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. <laughs> That's just the reality. There were those who hated Jesus regardless of his incredible loving. As we come to the end of the gospel of John and come to the end of the gospels, I mean, the thing that is is stunning is that love was killed on the cross. He wasn't killed because he was a criminal. He wasn't killed because he had done all kinds of horrible things. He was, he was the epitome of love and, and hate killed love on the cross. I mean, some examples, just again, going through John to just to remind you in John 5, it says, for this reason, the religious leaders tried all the more to kill Jesus. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, he was healing people on the Sabbath. That is a bad thing, okay? He was, he was helping blind people to see on, on the Sabbath, and that was a bad thing. He was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God, and so they were wanting to kill him. John 7, the crowd says, isn't this the man that they are trying to kill? In fact, some of the Jews in John 8 says, aren't we right in saying that you're a Samaritan? And the word Samaritan was like the worst degrading thing you could say about somebody. It's like calling somebody a 
a dog. He says, aren't we right in saying that you're a dog and demon-possessed? The Pharisee said, this man isn't from God. He doesn't keep the Sabbath. John 11, the chief priests and the Pharisees gave orders that anyone who found out where Jesus was should report it so that they might arrest and ultimately kill him. Keep in mind that it hated me first. The, the, the thing we have to ask ourselves is why did people hate Jesus? Um, Emily, if we can go to the, the next there's two reasons here that are so important. Look at 22 first. Why did they hate Jesus? Jesus said, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin, and as a result, they hated him. The first reason why Jesus was hated is his words exposed their sin. Okay? It's not that he had done horrible things. All he had done was good. He went about doing good. That's how he was described. But his words exposed their sin. If if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He spoke truth and it exposed their sin and they didn't like it. One of the things that Jesus said, he said, they honor me. And this was talking about the religious leaders that just hated him. He says, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far away from me. And his words speaking truth exposed their hearts, exposed the frauds that they were, exposed their hypocrisy before the people and, and, and they hated it and they hated him. Do you ever feel that way? I mean, I just want, if you catch a glimpse of that, do you ever feel that way when someone speaks truth to you and, and you don't want to hear it, right? I mean, it kind of makes you mad, doesn't it? It just, oh, it can make you like, because they, it like exposes you and you were trying to hide it? Ah. And that's the first reason why they hated Jesus. I mean, all he was was love, but his words exposed their hypocrisy and their sin, and they hated him for it. The second thing, look at verse 24. It says, Jesus said, If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen and yet they have hated both me and my father. Not only did his words expose their sin, but his works exposed their sin. Jesus says, if I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. Jesus lived truth and his life exposed their sin. I mean, one of the obvious examples was he did good on the Sabbath, exposing the hypocrisy of all their rules and regulations that enslaved people with religion, right? I mean, all these rules that they had, that they, they, what they couldn't do on the Sabbath, when the Sabbath had been made for them to rest and be reminded of God, 
The religious leaders had enslaved the people with rules, keeping them from experiencing the goodness of God. And they hated him. In the same way, have you ever have you ever hated it when someone kind of outdid you with their actions? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody thought you were something until somebody else came along and they were a little bit more something. <laughs> and it kind of made you hate them, didn't it? Because it made you look bad. And, and all they were doing, all they were, they were just doing the good that they, they thought they should do. Ultimately, in verse 25, it says, this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. They hated me without reason. See, they should have seen Jesus. <laughs> I mean, love itself, and they should have appreciated the truth that they heard him speak and the life that he lived, and it should have led them to repentance. It should have led them to, when they heard the truth and they saw the truth, who he said, I am the way, the truth, and the, they should have heard it and they should have seen it and it should have changed them. So they embraced him, but instead they hated him for exposing them. They hated him for exposing them. If we can go back to the first passage it comes to the third thing. Jesus loved people. But because his words and his works, his life exposed their sinfulness, they hated him. But the third thing we see then is a result that is in the same way that if, look at verse 19, it says, if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. But as it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. And the third thing we see then, not only did Jesus love people, people hated Jesus, but that if you belong to Jesus, it just says real, really clearly that you will be hated too. If you belong to Jesus, you'll be hated too. I mean, there are brothers that we we receive a, a monthly magazine called Voice of the Martyrs. I mentioned this before, which is which is the heartbreaking stories of brothers and sisters all over the world, uh, countries like China and North Korea and Iran and Vietnam, uh, brothers and sisters around the world that are being tortured and imprisoned and put to death simply because they love Jesus. It's it's reality. It's a reality that, thankfully, we don't experience, but it is a reality simply because they belong to Jesus that the world's hated them. You know, in very little ways, um, just we probably, we can experience this. We, we, were, we were in the running for a, a, one, a, a great grant through the Coffee Oasis a couple of years ago. Um, three years in a row, there's no reason why we shouldn't have received this grant because of what we do. Until um, our grant writer, Erica, called the, um, the executive director of this foundation 
And the lady very sympathetically said, you are qualified to receive this grant, but you will never receive it because one of our board members hates Christians. And you're a Christian organization. It's simply because we bore the name Christ, we didn't get a grant. It's pretty petty compared to... um, A town voted the most liberal town in the United States. I'm not going to tell you what that town is, but it's in Washington. Um, Voted the most liberal town in the United States. Uh, Somebody invited us to have a coffee oasis in this town and uh, and has really pushed for us to have a coffee oasis in the town because there's a lot of needy kids in this town. So somebody uh, went to a meeting uh, of the social social workers in that town to pitch the idea of a coffee oasis in their town. Uh, three of the people on that committee were aggressively against the Coffee Oasis coming to their town because we're a Christian organization. Regardless of the fact that, I mean, we have non-believing, non-Christians in this county that are huge supporters of us because of what we do. Aggressively against us coming to their town. All it did was make me want to be there more than anything else. (laughs) Um, to show them that regardless of what they think, that I love them. But this passage also helps me to realize that regardless of how much I love them, they still might hate me simply because I belong to Jesus. Let's just look at a few reasons why it says if you belong to the world it would love you as its own as it is you do not belong to the world Jesus says I have chosen you out of the world and that is why the world hates you just because you're not part of the world you are part of me verse 20 Jesus says a servant is not greater than his master meaning if Jesus was persecuted we can be persecuted if 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 they obey Jesus' teaching, they'll obey our teaching. But it would be delusional for us to think if love itself was put on the cross and we belong to Jesus, that people won't hate us too for bearing the name of Jesus. Verse 21, it says, They will treat you in this way because of my name. And because of my name, again, because you represent me for they do not know the one who sent me. A couple of questions as we kind of come to the end. Are you hated because of your faith in Jesus? Um, Not because you're a jerk, okay? (laughs) If you're a jerk, people should hate you. (laughs) I hate jerks. I mean, I love them too, but anyway. Um, If you're being self-righteous and arrogant, but if you're bearing the name of Jesus and because you belong to Jesus and you're representing him and, and loving people, it says 
they're going to hate us. Are you hated because of your faith in Jesus? Or if not, why not? Um, If you refuse to compromise, if you're not deluded in your thinking that everyone will like you, Jesus' words are really simple. People will hate us. Just to recap here. Why is this an important sermon? The reason it was important for me is that it protects me from compromise. It protects me from when I'm speaking the truth and I'm speaking it in love. I'm not speaking it like an idiot, okay? If I'm, I'm speaking the truth in love and that exposes someone's sin and they hate me for it, I don't change my message, right? I don't quit saying that. And again, hear me, in love, because it offends somebody or angers them or makes them hate me. It protects me from compromise because I know that that in the same way that Jesus spoke truth and was put on the cross for it, in the same way, if I speak truth, people will hate me for it. But that's not a bad thing because it is the truth that sets free, right? It's not, it's not hiding the truth so everyone will like me. It's speaking the truth in love that alone will set people free. And so understanding this will, will protect me from compromise, wanting than to change my message or even compromise the way I live so that people will like me. It will also deliver me from deception, thinking that, that if, I just, if I just love people enough, everybody will love me. Uh, you know, there's a simple truth and it's in the beginning of this book that it says that some people just love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And if we speak the truth and we live the truth, that's going to make some people upset. But I think maybe the most important thing is that it reveals to me also how important Jesus must be to me how important Jesus must be to me because it makes me realize that loving him, he is the way, the truth, and the life. People liking me isn't the way, the truth, and the life. <laughs> it's, it's Jesus who is the way, the, the, the truth, and the life. And that, and that denying him for someone to like me is really stupid <laughs> because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so it reminds me how important Jesus is and that Jesus is, uh, everything compared to Jesus, like Paul says in Philippians chapter three, is like manure. Is like manure. So a couple of things. Number one, don't, don't try to get everyone to like you. I think that's one of the things we learned from this passage. Quit thinking that you can get everyone to like you. Do love Jesus with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Do love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Jesus says that. 
And as you do these things, realize that everyone will not like you. Some people will hate you. But that's okay because Jesus, his love is amazing. And his love is worth it. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would take these words and, and use them to help us to live in reality. Uh, not being deluded in our thinking. Father, not even being compromising in our thinking or our living. But Father, being individuals that, that these words just drive us to know Jesus even more and and just embrace him and love him and know him because in the midst of this world that is so full of hatred father just knowing that we belong to Jesus and just the incredible life and truth and freedom that is in that father help us to be a people that are just so in love with Jesus that nothing else matters Amen.